0: Welcome to another edition of the SC Times Sportsport Podcast. My name is Zach Dwyer, and joining me as he does every week is my co-host Brian Mosey. Brian, we're back in the office today um, recording during a, a very busy week. Section started up. Uh, you got notebooks going every night. We're out at games. What's it been like these first couple days?
1: It's kind of fun to get back into the rhythm of things. I mean, we. I think this spring has been just kind of weird with the fact of delayed start with all the snow and the rain and then I was on my cruise, so that kind of put a halt onto my coverage at least. You know, you were able to still cover stuff. But then coming back and then having more rain, it was just like so many different like spotty places where it's like, oh, I might be able to go to a game tonight. So it's just nice to get back into the rhythm of things, see some section games again, because um, always those section games are just so much more amplified in the, in the sense of, you know, everything's on the line Um so, a little different with the spring though with uh with softball and baseball cuz you got double elimination, so even if you lose, you still have a shot. So, um but yeah, very nice to get back and it's nice to have some nice weather again and hopefully that continues here in the next few weeks.
0: Yeah, we're recording this Wednesday right around noon and, you know, right now is about the only time it's supposed to be bad outside all week. I know it's rained a little bit today. We'll see if um there's a couple regular season games that are going to try to get in today. Luckily, not really a a ton of section games scheduled for today, a ton on Thursday to to look out for. So we'll talk a little bit about how those uh, softball and boys' tennis uh, tournaments have started out through the first couple days. Um, Brian was at softball last night. I was at a couple events too. So uh, we'll discuss a little where things stand and where you can look at uh, kind of events going into the weekend and into next week for what to be ready for. Um, And we'll just kind of hit a bunch of different sports and kind of see what we get to through our... Our usual kind of allotted time here, but we'll start with softball since you were at Albany, uh, who played Holdingford last night. Um, you know, I know Albany came in as the four seed in this one. You expected it probably to be close, and um, it just didn't really go the Huskies' way from the jump.
1: No, I mean, especially after the first day, when on Monday when they had the first round, Albany was able to beat um, Pillinger um, fifteen to nothing. As you know, the Huskies just kind of rolled through the number thirteen seed. Um, Haley Hoffarth pitched a perfect game She struck out two batters Um, Shelby Horning went two for two With three runs and four RBIs So just a really good outing for the Huskies And then you come into Tuesday And granted, yes, Holdingford is obviously A better team Pretty similar records between the two teams Between Albany and Holdingford And so you knew it was going to be probably a good game And it was for a while I mean, um, Holdingford was only up by like Two runs through I think Three or four innings And then some errors occurred by the Huskies that um, Holdingford was able to take advantage of, and it kind of trickled after that. I mean, they were up, I think, seven to nothing, and then Albany got a couple runs to make it like a five run game, and then they came right back and scored another three runs to make it 10 to two, eventually ending the game 10 to two um, and putting Albany into the elimination bracket. With a lot of these, like I said before, you know, softball and baseball, it is double elimination. So even if you lose, you can still go through the elimination bracket and win twice in the championship to advance to state. So you're not technically out unless you lose twice. Um, So Albany did play Kimball, who was the number nine seed um, in the elimination bracket last night after their first game, and they were able to win five to nothing to stay in the tournament. So um, they will be playing Thursday, and they'll take on the loser of number two Piers or number three Pequot Lakes um, at 7 p.m. All of these games at Rivers Edge Park um, in Wade Park. But on the other end, I mean, Cathedral has been rolling. They've been rolling basically all season. Um, they're 21 and one now, um, and they were able to win on Monday against um, being the number one seed. That was Obviously the expectation. They won 18 to nothing against number 16 Staples Motley. Um, Ella Voigt pitched a perfect game, struck out eight batters. Um, Rachel Voigt went two for two with two runs and two RBIs. Just a really good outing by them. honestly not really surprised <laughs> by, by that outing just because that's what they've been able to do all season long. Um, they continued that dominance in Tuesday's win against number nine Kimball, six to nothing. Elevoit also once again lights out, complete game shutout with um, 10 strikeouts. She just, and then zero errors on the defensive side for the Crusaders. So obviously that is a recipe for success um, in that sense. So now Cathedral will be playing Holdingford, the number five seed, um, on Thursday at 5 p.m. at River's Edge Park. And the winner of that will move on to the semifinals on, I believe, Tuesday next week. And then the loser, if Cathedral did lose against Holdingford, they would have to play right away at 7 p.m. on Thursday night against number uh, 6 Sox Center um, in Rivers Edge Park. So a lot of different movement there in that sense, but um, kind of a, a good bracket just in the sense that, you know, a lot of good teams around there. And so um, I'm excited to kind of see how Cathedral does against Holdingford, especially after, you know, what they were able to do against Albany. And, uh, and we'll, we'll kind of see how things kind of unfold towards the end of that winner's bracket.
0: Yeah, just to have a, a five seed be able to beat a four seed like that, you know, it shows we knew this, this section was deep kind of all year from looking at the results and how they played against each other. But it even shows, yeah, that, you know, that game against Holdingford for Cathedral will be no... You know, it'll be no easy task, I'm sure, um, on Thursday. And we'll see if they can kind of keep rolling, make their path easier um, going ahead. And it, it does work well for them that, you know, they're playing on their home field for the section tournament. That's obviously um, just that, you know, comfortability is an advantage. And when you're playing as well as them on any field, you know, uh, that obviously helps. So, yeah, that's been what's going on in Section 6-2A. Um, in Section Eight, Four A, we've also had qu- uh, quite a few games this week already. St. Cloud Crush—they went up to Bemidji and upset the number eight seed um, six to nothing with a really good performance on Monday. Lola Jacobs uh, had a complete game shutout and struck out ten batters in that game. Uh, for the Crush to you know keep their season alive, they would have been done if they would have lost that game. But they're able to go on the road, get that done. They had to go on the road again. Last night to you know incredible Brainerd team they lost 12 to nothing but so now they're going to have to you know um, continue to fight their way through the bracket um, and Sartell also in that section they were in the number three seed hosted but they were upset by Elk River um, three to one despite you know an incredible game from Danica Sarf she gave up um, only two hits in a complete game and struck out ten but just kind of the bats weren't weren't going enough to get that win so Sartell will also have to you know battle their way. Through what what does the schedule look like for the rest of that section, Brian?
1: Yeah, I mean, with Sartell, they will be hosting again with this particular um, section tournament. They just do the high seed as the um, host team, so Sartell will have an opportunity to host once again in the um, in the elimination bracket, I guess. But they will be hosting Buffalo on Thursday at four thirty p.m. uh, Buffalo being the number seven seed. Saint Cloud will have to head up to number five Moorhead at four thirty on Thursday um, to kind of, I mean, honestly, this is do or die for them. If they if they win, they move on. If they lose, um, their season has come to an end. So, um, kind of a little bit intense, but also, I mean, that's just the the fact of section tournaments. I mean, you kind of have to have that mindset. Um, the one thing I will say is, you know, Brainerd is a very good team. They're undefeated. Um, so even though it was a 12 to nothing loss for St. Cloud. It was a good game overall for them. I mean, it, it's just tough when you're playing a 4A school that literally has beaten every team that they've faced this entire season. So um, not an easy task. But um, And then I guess the last bracket that uh, was happening over on Tuesday um, was Section 8-3A, which has Sock Rapids and Recory in it. Sock Rapids they got the five seed and so they went and played at Wilmer who was the four seed a, a big offensive production for, between both teams. Wilmer was able to win 14 to 11. Um, definitely kind of a lot of back and forth in that game. Um, it was a tie um, at 5-5 five, five after three innings. Um, the storm kind of took a five to or nine to five lead after um, getting four runs in the top of the fourth. And then Wilmer came back in the bottom of the inning to score nine runs to take it 14 to nine. And then it was just way too big of a lead for Sock Rapids to regain the lead. Um, But Izzy Mortland went three for four with two runs and two RBIs. So a good performance by her. Um, But now Sock Rapids will be um, awaiting the loser of Little Falls, which is the two seed um, and number three seed Alexandria in the elimination bracket. Um, So, Soc Rapids will have to travel to Little Falls because they're the host site um and so then they'll play the uh the loser of that game after the the first game and then Ricori, on the other side of the bracket they haven't been they haven't played yet because they had a bye because of because it's a 6 game or a 6 team tournament and so they will play um they will be playing uh
0: Wilmer that's the one. As the number four seed, yeah, being able to that's a <laughs> break okay. part. Sorry, there's a lot. There's a lot of if you could see the team, the schedule of all the events. It's amazing we can even scroll, scroll through it at all. But yeah, with um, you know, them being able to win that game as the four seed, they'll be moving on to face Ricory at four o'clock, um, coming up and on Thursday. And it'll be interesting to see just because they've, you know, it's nice to get that home field, the number one seed. But if it's going to be sometimes it can be advantageous to have that break. You get to, you know, get rested up, get healthy, get some more practice time, or will they be a little rusty coming into that game? We'll have to see, but having a double elimination, you know, tournament does help a lot in that factor because even if you do have an off day, you know, you're still alive and can do some damage. So that's a it's a really competitive section. I'd say probably, you know, the most even kind of top to bottom of the three that we've mentioned. That's um, kind of up for grabs by anyone. So It'll it'll be fun to see in the next week or so who comes out on top of that one.
1: Yeah, and just one thing to note: um, Ricori and Wilmer haven't played each other since the beginning of the season of the regular season, so um, a lot of unknowns there um, between the two teams. So it's kind of fun because, I mean, yes, you know who they are and you've been able to watch them play and you've played against them, but since there's so much gap in between the middle or between the two games, it, it's kind of fun because. It's a whole different team now. I mean, Madison Terrace is on a is on a like hot streak like no other. I mean, she's that's the one thing that I'm hoping is that you know Shelby Prom was looking really good at the end of the regular season. Same with Madison Terrace. Same with Olivia Schreider. I mean, so many different um, players on that team were kind of hitting that hot streak. So I'm hoping that that continues as they you know have this long pause um, in the middle of the season um, and they come out firing same with cathedral cathedral's playing holding for they've never played each other this season so it'll be kind of a fun matchup because these two teams have played similar teams but they haven't played actually each other so um yeah it'll be kind of fun to just kind of see all these new matchups um come thursday and not entirely sure where i'll be yet i'm still kind of determining whether i'll be at cathedral or will or at recory but Regardless, two very good games um, in the winner's bracket for Thursday's matchups.
0: Yeah, so, uh, you know, that's that's kind of our breakdown on softball. You can, you know, Brian's been putting up section notebooks every day. You can go to sctimes.com, read those, and kind of puts it in a, a concise way to, to understand what's all going on. And um, the other section tournament that's really been ramping up this week is Boys Tennis. Already last week they started their team tournament. Um, and Friday you were over to see um, the St. Cloud Crush who played a really good game against a, a very good um, Bemidji team um, I know it came down to the wire um, and Bemidji came away with the win in that match but just kind of tell me about what that uh, what the match was like and, and what you really noticed that kind of put them over the top
1: yeah I mean it was like you said very close um, kind of back and forth for most of the game or most of the match um, the other local teams kind of all lost 7 nothing to very good teams so um, don't really want to go into the specifics of that because um, it was just kind of hard losses for them. But um, for St. Cloud, they were able to have some success. They, they were able to get the win against Monticello on Wednesday night, 5-2, um, and that was a, another close match just in the sense that they literally just played Monticello the week before, and it was a 4-3 game um, that was in favor of St. Cloud. So, uh, I mean, kind of what you expect when it comes to this particular season um, and this particular tournament. But um, when it comes to Friday, they St. Cloud um, had four of the f- seven first set wins. So you kind of knew, you kind of had a feeling that, you know, they were on the right track. They were on a roll. Um, and then Momiji was able to get the first win um, and take that 1-0 lead in four singles. Um, and then they also were able to get the second point um, after a loss at one number three singles for the crush But then Ripley Garden and Jonah Atkinson, they were able to cut the lead in half with a win at number one doubles. Um, And then Mamanji was able to get another victory at number three doubles to make it three to one. So they were kind of facing a really hard task of trying to get back and and get that win. Um, But then number one and number two singles with Michael Plumbon and Gavin Fenstead they were both were able to win in straight sets to make it a 3-3 match. And so it all came down to the number two doubles match. And um, Zach Stang and Josh Vogel both um, had some really good performances in that first set, getting that win over, um, getting that first part of the win. And then after that, it was kind of – Momiji kind of was able to make that small comeback, and they were able to win the first set 7-6, and then in the second set they – they won six four. Memidji did to tie it at one one. So it all came down to the third set, and I think it was just not a whole lot left in the tank. Um, also, the two that were at Mimidji have been partners for a long time, um, from what I've heard, and um, they were able to win the second or the third set six um, two to take the four three win as a team um, and end the team aspect for St Cloud. So kind of a tough go for. Um, the the crush because i know they were looking really good and they also had a really close match against Bemidji earlier in the regular season um, but obviously just wasn't able to get that last victory point that they needed
0: yeah and then you go you have to bounce right back from that get over that disappointment because you go right into individuals this week and saint cloud has had um, some pretty great performances there too through the first opening rounds there's still some time to go here throughout the rest of this week to see who does qualify for state uh, here on thursday but kind of through the initial days, you know, Michael Plombon just uh, rolled through his opening matches for how they separate it. Um, For these, they separate half the teams each in North and South, and you play out those matches. Then the top four um, each go on to kind of a final eight held at one site, and I believe it's at Tech, right? Yep. Um, Tomorrow on Thursday. So uh, for those, um, some of the standouts were Michael Plombon at, you know, he was number one singles for uh, St. Cloud all year, and he just kind of just easily ran his way the quarterfinals he won six nothing six nothing and the semifinals six love six one over a player from Becker and then won uh, the finals of that section six one six one as well so
1: yeah know, he didn't have he didn't have a hard time at all no I mean, it drops and, which kind of surprised me a little bit
0: yeah to only drop three games through three matches um, is insane so he's on great form heading in he's gonna be I'm sure the number one seed because of that for um you know that section and then Um, As well, Gavin Fenstead, he finished uh, fourth in there, um, losing in the third-place match in three sets, but he'll also advance to this final day of the tournament. And then on the double side, um, in the third place, uh, Ripley Gard and Jonah Atkinson lost that match 6-3, 6-4, so they were fourth, but that'll advance them as well, just enough to to stay alive. And then um, the only team from, um, those were all in the south subsection, which St. Cloud is in. Um, in the north subsection, the only team to advance uh, was from Sartell, Zach Farley, and Grant Clark. They had a nice day um, to beat a team from Alexandria six four, six four. in the third-place match they'll also be playing. So, uh, you know, two doubles teams um, and two singles players still trying to go on that last day. Could make inf- um, for some interesting matches tomorrow.
1: Yeah, and the top two um, for both singles and the top two for doubles will make it to state. So basically you have to... You have to be in that top two to be able to continue your season after this section tournament. So tomorrow will be a a lot of fun just to watch. Um, I'm going to try and get out there for a little bit and watch them play. Um, Michael Plumbon, obviously a favorite to be in that top two consideration. Um, He'll take on um, a singles player from Detroit Lakes who was the number four North Seed um, player, and then Gavin Fenstead he's going to have a tough task in the quarterfinals match against the number one North seed against, um, Momiji's number one singles player. So, um, going to be interesting there on the double side, Ripley and Jonah will be up against the number one South North seed from Mimidji And then, um, Zach and Grant from Sartell, they will be up against the number two South seed, um, from Monticello, which that particular individual from Monticello was their number one singles player, but he actually joined the doubles pairing. So, um be interesting to see how that kind of goes. But yeah, overall, I think I think it's gonna be kind of interesting. Um, if you lose in the quarterfinals, you will automatically be you know kind of out of that. Um, you'll 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 be done. but what if you make it to the semifinals, they do have like a um, third place game to see if there's like a possibility for a true second match. Um, if there is, then obviously you play that. otherwise the top two that make it to the finals will uh will advance to the state state tournament um in the middle of june so yeah definitely definitely a lot to look forward to on thursday it's going to be a busy day with both section softball and section boys tennis but i mean honestly it's kind of the fun time for us as sports reporters because you get to kind of run around and see how all these different um you know players and athletes are doing um at the most important time of the season
0: Mm mm-hmm and And for what I remember, I don't think St. Cloud sent anyone to state for individuals last year. I know they were close on a couple of occasions. um, And with Sartell also having a doubles team in the mix too this year, we'll see if any of them can kind of break through and and send someone from this area because I know we didn't last year. So, yeah, so keep tuned to seetimes.com for that as well. Brian, also been putting up notebooks on tennis. um, And if this, this whole kind of dialogue about it was confusing, you can just look there and maybe that'll make it easier. I don't know. There's... There's a lot to go through and some kind of extensive brackets, but um, it'll it'll all be made it'll all be made clearer there and also tomorrow when we, we find out kind of our winners. But um, besides that, that'll kind of wrap up the first part of the show. And we come back after the break. We're gonna talk some track and field, some lacrosse, maybe some baseball, and touch on um, some other changes for coaches, athletic directors. Um, activities directors, you know, just a a lot of movement in the St. Cloud area this time of year. So we're going to catch you up on that. But first, we're going to take a quick break. And welcome back to the SC Times Sports Report Podcast. Uh, we're going to wrap up the day with a little bit of track and field, hit on a couple other sports. Especially wanted to touch on that because I was at uh, the Central Lakes Conference meet for a little bit last night before I headed out to girls lacrosse, which I also covered. And, um, you know, the, they continued to see some really good performances from a lot of local athletes. Um, one that continues to stand out is CeCe Woods. She lowered her school record time by even a couple more tenths of a second She finished first in the 100-meter hurdles in 14.52 seconds. Then she also, I think, set a personal best in um, the 300 hurdles with a 45.09 in that one. So she continues to dominate, and her being able to place high in that was also a really big bump on Saturday because they um, thought I should mention that too with the state true team uh, meet, the Class 2A1, Ricori won again back-to-back titles. Um, I think they're fourth in the last like six years or so. Um, they just continue to be incredibly deep at basically every event. And when you're at true team, that's what it takes to to get to the tops. They won by um, over fifty points over second place. so not only winning it again, but in a a really dominant fashion. and um you know the the thing that kind of came through that they're able to win it, other than you know CC placing well in those and Brianna Schneider, she also did well in the throw. She won the shot put and was runner up at the discus. the the big difference was the relays they finished second or third in all four relays which is just insane when you have that many teams when you have 12 teams competing so to be that consistently strong at those get you a lot of points and at the end of the day that was enough to get them to win at the Central Lakes conference meet they were third yesterday they were the top uh, local finisher of our teams um, but there's also a ton of other good performances from from the guys and girls side you had um, Sartell finished first in the four x two relay records, four x four, one, um, and also their four x eight team. So you had those relays doing really well in the hacking Mueller from Apollo. She also won the long jump. And then, um, on the boys side too, you had some nice performances, um, of some winners like Vincent Calusa won the mile Logan Clark, uh, won the 110 hurdles and 300 hurdles. And then Garrison Murray won the high jump with a six foot jump. So, um, and tech was the top finisher there. Um, in fifth place, and they were the hosts of the meet too. So you had some nice performances just kind of rounding out the conference season heading into sections, which already started up yesterday too for um, Cathedral. They were already hosting their their subsection meet. So you kind of have, while well, a lot of these other sections only have a some do prelims and finals, some do kind of just finals. Um, they do where they have a subsection meet, this theirs was at peers, they kind of split up the section because their section, Previously, it used to have like 28 teams. I'm not sure how many it is now that we've realigned to more classes. But before, it was an insane amount of teams. so You got to break it up somehow. So they would, so you kind of qualify at this first meet, see how many you move on, and then the finals will be at uh, St. John's next Wednesday already. Actually, and um, from that, there were you know a ton of winners that I know you wrote out here when we were doing the scoreboard today. Um, you know, Turner Shod continues to do well. Jacob Eichoff, um, some of the relay teams were all you know. Winners are placed well in multiple events. And then on the girls' side, um, you know, Hope Schuller won a couple of sprints, which has become pretty standard as well. Um, And then a couple other relays, too, doing extremely well with the 4x2 winning, the 4x4 winning, and the 4x8 also finishing first. So so a lot of, of, especially just going through all these lists, a lot of relay teams to look at when we get to sections here coming up. Um, I've been starting to kind of go through some of the lists of you know, who's ranked in the top two top three in these sections and there's a ton of names over you know the four different sections we're going to be covering so definitely a lot to keep an eye out as we go into next week starting wednesday we have the first days of some meets um for you know those section meets that finish up on friday saturday the cathedrals already finishes up on wednesday so um yeah we'll have a ton of coverage of that next week but um Those are just some of the high points. One other thing I should mention is that at um, the Granite Ridge Conference meet, they held theirs last week. Olivia Gable won the mile. I know, big surprise. But she broke five minutes for the first time and also set the conference record um, in the event, too. So she's also looking really good heading into sections with Albany Um, being in that Class 2A against some different teams this year. It'll be interesting to see how uh, she competes as well.
1: No shock there. She's like... Yeah, I know, right? Freaky fast, like Jimmy <laughs> John's. Um, no, she, she's she been a phenomenal athlete, both cross-country and track, so it um, doesn't surprise us that she was able to finally break that five-minute mark, but congratulations on that. Um, yeah, like you were saying, a lot of section meets coming up next week. I know you're going to be at probably one on Wednesday next week. I think you and I might be going to Monticello for, um, on Friday for another meet, so... A bunch of different track meets going on over the course of the next week, so plenty of stuff coming your way if if you're interested in that particular sport. Um, Another thing that you went to last night was Girls Across. Maybe just kind of talk. I know it's two local teams with Sock Rapids um, or Sartell Sock Rapids Co-op, and then um, they played against Rikori last night. Maybe just kind of give a little synopsis of what you saw from that game as we. kind of conclude on the regular season for lacrosse as well.
0: I know it's finishing up we're gonna have section playoffs and that coming up, I believe, next week too, coming up really fast. But
1: yeah, it was it was a good matchup.
0: It was RCorey's senior night. Um, you know, they were winless on the year their only and Sartell Soccer Rapids, their only win was against RCorey on the previous game. So I was it was kind of interesting to see how it was gonna shake up this time, the Storm and Sabres. They started off much stronger. They jumped out to a 6-0 lead about halfway through that first half. Um, and it looked like it was going to be kind of kind of a huge blowout, honestly. Um, but then record they played a lot better those last 12 minutes of the first half um, to make it seven to three at the half. Um, had a, a variety of different uh, goal scores for the Spartans too to kind of get back in the game, swing a little bit of momentum. Um, but then right after halftime, it was kind of all Storm and Sabers the rest of the uh, rest of the way. They won 14 to five um, to get their second win of the year. Delaney Dinger she led with four goals. And then Bella Kahoot and Annika Crane, they both also had hat tricks. They each had three goals. So um, they played extremely well kind of throughout that stretch. They attacked well. They forced a lot of turnovers, um, won a lot of draw controls to start possession, too, at the beginning of the game. That really helped them gain that momentum, and they kind of finished their chances. Um, you know, Carly Hentress, she was really strong in goal for Ricori. She made a bunch of big saves. It could have been a lot more goals, but in the end, they just kind of had um, continuous pressure and attacking the goal that um, – Led to the win, so now they'll both kind of um, be looking to sure things up for for sections next week. See where their seeds fall, but um, yeah, it was it was good game and and you know pretty competitive throughout.
1: Absolutely, well, good. Um, just a couple more notes before we wrap up this podcast. Um, some kind of coaching and AD changes, I guess you could say, um, for the last week or so um, on the AD side. Sartell St. Stephen, they uh, just hired a brand new activities director for um, their programs. Um, Bruce Thompson is the new AD for Sartell. Um, he it used to be the associate director of athletics for St. Cloud State University, so has a little bit of an idea of what it's like to be in that athletic director role um, and understand kind of how that works. He'll begin his new role at, on July 1, so um, and he will be... Taking over Nick Peterson's spot. Um, Nick Peterson was the interim activities director for this past school year, um, after Ryan left and went to uh, Ricori as the principal over there. Um, and then Peter or Nick will be starting up his assistant principal role once again, because that's where he was beforehand. Um, he'll start that up for next school year as well. So um, some good good news there. Having a having kind of a f- familiar idea of what it's like to be an AD and kind of going into that with a better idea um, so that's always a good thing on the coaching role um, kind of some big changes um, I would say <laughs> I was uh, sitting at a twins game on Monday night and uh, went through my Twitter thing and saw that uh, Jason Allen is now the new boys basketball coach for Sock Rapids Rice which was um, kind of took me by surprise a little bit um, Derek Peterson announced his retirement um, apparently he was thinking about it over the past year and kind of made it official after the season was done um, this past winter um, giving Nadine Schroeder and also the next year's interim activities director, Phil, um, Phil Klopp hockey. Um, they both were able to f- kind of find a new opportunity for someone to take over the role and have a little bit more time to kind of figure it out. Um, and they came across Jason Allen Jason's been the Apollo head coach for five years at um, as a boys basketball coach and he just thought it was a the right time to make that transition to a new school. Um, and honestly, um, I think it's a it's a good hire for Sock Rapids. I mean a guy that is very familiar with a lot of the Central Lakes conference schools. He's been in the system for a while. He knows kind of how Sock Rapids plays. even Al- Alan said that you know, Soccer Rapids has become a team where, you know, yeah, you might not have the most talented kids that are basketball athletes. Most of them are kind of football guys that play on the basketball team, but they're physical, they know how to play, they know how to win, um, and they will nonstop just come at you all for every minute of every single game. And so um, Jason loves that type of attitude. He loves that type of spirit, um, and he can work with that. And so I think he's excited to kind of see – what the possibilities are for this storm team for the next couple of years and um, I, I guess what are your kind of thoughts? I know you kind of covered the boys basketball realm a little bit more um, in tune, I guess. Just maybe talk about kind of what what this means for Sac Rapids's uh, program.
0: Yeah, you know it's exciting to, to see that even you lose someone like Derek that's been there for a while that's established something good. You can bring someone in that has done something at a similar school like where you know had a couple of really good years at Apollo. Last couple of years, you know, the wins haven't come as much, but has still been doing a great job in all the games I've seen. And it'll just be fun to kind of see him in a new environment with, um, you know, a different program to see where he can kind of take it. You know, they were able to, to win a conference title in uh, 2019, get to state in 2020. Um, were, we're big accomplishments for that Apollo program. And Soc Rapids has been kind of knocking on the door in recent years. They also just went to state, you know, I think it was 2018 maybe, but, Um, they've been, you know, right on the verge of section finals the last few years. They've just been a couple steps away. So if, if he's able to bring anything in and, um, you know, put them over the top, that'll be exciting to see. And it, it's just kind of be interesting is I feel like, you know, you see, we don't see many coaches go from like one central lake school to another, you know, it's, it's not like either, you know, sometimes college sports, you get that, but um, high school, it, it doesn't happen very much. Usually it's someone either, you know, moving from different kind of area in or someone that's been here for a while. So it'd be cool to see him, you know, kind of go just, you know, over the river basically and, and kind of see what he can do over there.
1: Yeah. And for those people that aren't as aware, um, Derek was the head coach for Sock Rapids Rice Boys Basketball for the last six years as the head coach. Before that, he did 12 years as, as an assistant coach. So obviously um, a lot of uh, a lot of kudos to him on his success at uh, at the Storm program. And what he was able to bring to that storm program was substantial. Um, and obviously I know he's excited to see Jason take over that role and continue that success for the future. Um, but yeah, I guess that kind of wraps up this podcast. Um, just to give you a heads up of what we're doing this upcoming week for me, um, tomorrow on Thursday, planning to go to one of the softball games, not entirely sure which one yet Friday and Saturday, not a whole lot going on in the high school realm. So, um, not really doing much on Friday night, took Saturday off for the weekend for Memorial Day weekend, um, come back Tuesday and I will be figuring that out later. (laughs) There's a lot of, uh, section tournaments, games and matches and stuff going on that day. So, uh, I'll flip a coin and figure out where I'm going on Tuesday later.
0: Yeah. A lot of TBD in the coming week. A couple things I do know, uh, Friday night I'll be doing Albany graduation or Dave will be over at Cathedral graduation. So um, doing pictures of that. And then, um, going into next week, like Brian said earlier, a lot of track meets, um, a couple other events with those baseball tournaments, starting up softball tournaments, kind of concluding, there'll be plenty of opportunities for be at, for us to be at something. It'll just be kind of pinning down what we're going to do. But, um, beyond that one or two other just college notes, I should, I kind of wanted to hit before we finish up, um, St. Cloud State last week, I think I talked about how um, they'd hired a, a new men's basketball coach. I went to the press conference for that last week, pretty excited about where that program could be going. St. Cloud State Women's Hockey also announced their new coach. That was on Friday, um, I believe it was. It was at least at the end of last week, and they picked um, – they had a really good hire for that too. Brian Adolski um, is his name. He coached the North Dakota women's team for about 12 years before they cut the program. Um, and then he's been coaching in the Russian women's hockey league for the last three years. And he was also um, the women's Olympic hockey coach for the China national team um, at, at the Beijing All Olympics. <laughs> yeah. So he's got a ton of experience, just not even, you know, he is at North Dakota playing St. Cloud state, even playing those teams. He also was an assistant coach a while back for a year um, at St. Cloud state. And before that, he was at his alm- alma mater um, at UW Eau Claire and, um, won a bunch of hockey games there too. So actually UW-Stevens Point, sorry, but he won over 100 games there in like five years. So everywhere he's gone, he's found some level of success um, and hopefully he can do that for the women's hockey program too, which has been kind of always trying to find that foothold, find that success in you know the toughest conference in college hockey. So um, we'll see if they can, um, what that rebuilding project will be like, just like men's basketball. And then lastly, um, the Tech College, their baseball and softball teams both made nationals. Um, so they won their regions in the last two weekends. Softball already has a game today. They're the seven seed out of eight teams. And then um, the Cyclones on the boys' side, they're the eighth seed. They're going to be playing later this week too. So we'll kind of keep tabs on that too, fill you in on um, how their journey's out. The the women's team is playing in New York, and then the men's team is playing in Tennessee. So kind of all, all over the place, but they've both made you know, getting two nationals kind of um, a tradition in some sense, but to be able to both go at the same time is really cool. So um, we'll keep you informed on that. But, Brian, anything else before we finish up today?
1: No, just keep checking sttimes.com um, for updates, scores, notebooks, photo galleries, videos, all that type of stuff. Check out social media. We're trying to do a few new things around um, the social media realm, so um, make sure to check out on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that type of stuff. But, uh, yeah, I guess... Good luck to everybody that's doing sections and postseason stuff. Um, looking forward to going out to all these different uh, meets and games and matches um, over the course of the next week or so. But we'll be back next Wednesday to talk more about it.
0: Yeah, hopefully we'll you know with with all those events, a lot are going on during the day. We'll we'll figure out if it's Wednesday, if it's Thursday. But we will we'll get you a podcast at some point. We can promise that
1: once. absolutely.
0: But yeah, that I think will about wrap it up for today. So once again, thank you for tuning in to the SC Times Sports Report podcast, and we will see you again next time.